here's the good news. You know it's Father's Day, so you're not going to get to go to the restaurant and get in and get a table till 1.30 or 2 anyway. So uh, that's the good news. Uh, I'm not going to keep you very long this morning, I promise. Hush. Uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 22. We'll use that as a text. Again, happy Father's Day. Uh, you know, God blessed me with two dads. Uh, I guess he knew it took would take two dads to keep me straight, and uh, he blessed me with those dads, and I love you, Pop. Love you with all my heart. When you get there, stand with me, please, and we'll use this. Uh, You probably didn't even have to turn your Bibles there, but we do it because we reverence God and his word. But Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child... And the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right? That's some pretty good wisdom from Solomon, isn't it? Let's ask God's blessing. Father, we come before you thanking you again for another day of life, thanking you for another privilege and honor of being able to worship you today, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that uh, you've given us the opportunity to honor our uh, earthly fathers, Lord, that you've blessed us with in our lives and our grandfathers, and Lord, we just uh, are so happy that uh, they've meant so lot, so much, and a lot to us, Lord. Uh, we're truly blessed, especially if we still have them in our lives, and I want to thank you that Pop's still in my life, and I love him very much, and I'm truly blessed because of him. But more than that, Lord, I'm truly blessed because you're my Heavenly Father. And Father, you have blessed Oh, so many times. For you to save an old wretch like me, I'm so thankful, Lord, for my salvation. Father, as uh, we go into the worship service, let me uh, brag on you. Give me the words to say that I might present Christ with boldness and authority. And Lord, open hearts and ears to receive what you have for them through your word this morning. And if there's one that knows you not as Savior and Lord, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would convict them. And Lord, they'd come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before it's too late. You've heard the prayer request spoken. Lord, If we just pray that your will will be done. And Lord, we just lay our petitions the best we know how before you. And seek that your blessed will will be done with each one. So be with me now as we go to the breaking of the bread of life, the preaching hour. Give me the words to say for it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. I want to begin by saying a question was asked to uh, President Bush, H.W., not W., but H.W., what's your greatest accomplishment in life? Now, if you know anything about President Bush Sr., he was a wonderful World War II pilot in the Navy. He was also the vice president of Ronald Reagan, President Reagan, for eight years. He was also over the CIA at one time in his political career. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job, Desert Storm. Remember when Saddam and Iraq went in and raided? I mean, lots of things he could have said, but the question was asked, What's your greatest accomplishment? And you know what he said? 
He said, my kids, I guess, still come to see me. I would say that's the greatest accomplishment in my life. Now, as a parent, understand God has placed children in our lives, if we had them, for one reason and one reason only. As parents, we have the responsibility, just as Solomon said, train up a child, we have the responsibility to teach our kids and mold our kids into the image of God. That's our responsibility. They're not to be molded into our image. We're not to train them the way we think they ought to be trained. We're to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We are to train them up. Teach them the word of God. And let me just say, let's turn to uh, Psalms. One, uh, I think it's 127. Not far from where we're at in our text. Psalms 127. Psalms 127. Psalms 127, look at verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So, children are a heritage unto the Lord, right? And what that says to me is, children are not a nuisance. Amen? Now, I want to tell you, sometimes they can drive you a little batty. Especially when they're young little, but they're not a a nuisance. They're a heritage unto the Lord, and we should thank God every day that he has seen fit to place them in our lives. But understand again, it is our responsibility as dads and as moms to teach them and nurture them into the image that God has called them to be in. It's his image, right? You say, well, preacher, what do I have to do to do that? Well, Moses answered that question. If you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, real quick, we won't stay here long. But there's a few things that, uh, lessons we can learn from this passage about raising our kids. And let me just say this. It is a whole lot easier to train a child than it is an adult. Say amen, that's the truth. And it's sad to say today, parents are regretting they didn't take the time to train that child. Now they're adults, it's too late. Amen? You can't train them after they leave the nest. They've already been taught, and I'll go ahead and say it, it's real easy. They're going to follow you. Whatever they saw in the home, whatever you taught them in the home, that's how their home's going to be. It's a fact. Amen? Look at what Moses said. Chapter 6, verse 1, Deuteronomy. 
Now these are the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded you to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. You see, we have a responsibility to train our kids to fear the Lord. And what I mean by that is you and I, first and foremost, before we can teach our kids about the Lord, we have to have a relationship with the Lord ourselves. You and I need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We have to be born again. Listen, after you're saved, then you can begin teaching your children. The fear of the Lord is reverence, it's worship, it's respect. It is recognizing that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And it's a reverence. And I'll ask you this morning, do you reverence the Lord before your kids and your grandkids? Do your kids see that you respect who God is? He should be number one in your life. He should be number one in the home. You see, your kid should never say, are we going to church? Never have to ask that question. Not only that, they should understand that this book here, the Word of God, is God's holy word, and this is what our standard is, and this is what we live by in the home. You see... We have to teach them to trust it and have reverence for it. So, look at what he says. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments. That's this book here. Which I commanded thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Well, how many of you want a long life? Now, I'll be honest, I would not want to live to be 115 or 20 years old. I'm serious. I don't know if I want to live to be 80, because heaven sure does sound good, and I tell you what, this old body, Brother Ed, I'm getting a new one, and so are you. And listen, heaven's not a bad place. I've always said this. Person dropped dead of a heart attack if they know Jesus, what a way to go. You're there. Amen. You say, well, there's something wrong with you. You have a death wish. I sure do. I sure do. To be absent from the body's present with the Lord. But no, I'm, I'm here to the Lord. My days and your days are all numbered by God. He knows how long we're going to be here. And if he wanted me to live to be 115, oh, my Lord. Can you see me? If I'm getting around like I am now at that age, yeah, that'd be pretty bad. That'd be pretty bad. But if you want your days prolonged, serve God. Make God first in your life and in the home. And God promises to bless you with prolonged days. And then it says, Here therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that it may, may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily as the God of thy fathers have promised thee, 
in the land that flows with milk and honey. Let me ask you, as parents, of course we want what's best for our kids. And our kids, believe it or not, when God knew them in the womb, before they even came out into the world, God knew them. He knew exactly what they're going to grow up to be because he's God. But understand something. Our kids are distinctly made by God, but they are all different. No, they weren't evolved. They were created in the image of God by Almighty God himself, but each one has a distinct personality. You know, they're not just cookie cut. Amen? And sometimes we think our kids are to be like us. You know, our, our boys are to love fishing and hunting. Well, sometimes our boys, if we spend time with them and teach them that, they learn to love that, and they're, they're like that. But then you might have a boy that says, oh, I don't like to do that. And then, of course, what, what do us macho dads do? Like your mother. Like her side. You know, uh, you know my boy, he ain't a little guy, is he? Wes pretty good-sized kid. I, I envisioned when Wes was born, I'd tell her, he's going to play football like his dad. He's going to be a good athlete like his dad. God had other ideas. He's a great plumber. He knows his stuff. But he ain't a football player. And the reason I try to make that point is we need to teach our kids Again, not what we want them to do, but what God wants them to do. And understand, in our teaching, we need to make sure they know God, one, as their Savior, and they understand that they must spend time in God's Word so that they know what God's will is for their life, the plan He has. But also, we need to teach them several things from the Word that when we mess up, God loves us and He'll forgive us. We need to teach them about the blessings of God. If we follow the will of God, we will be blessed for it. Matthew 25, 21 tells us. We need to teach them the principles. Hey, if you grow up and you are working and you're serving the Lord in His church, if you tithe, God is going to bless that tithe. You'll never have to worry if you give God His. We need to teach them again. Not only will he forgive us and he'll bless the tithe, but God always is faithful and he never breaks his word. I'll get in trouble, but I'll say it. You know why we are having problems in our churches today? Now listen to me. Parents, dads, grandpa, mom, grandma, I know it would be a lot easier if we just sent our kids to church and let the church raise them and let the church teach them. But no, 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 no. God expects y'all to teach them at home. Understand that? It's our responsibility. And understand this, fathers. When it comes to the spiritual, that's where we come in not to be left to the wives 
We are the spiritual heads of our homes. And God will hold us accountable. So, back to what he said. Look at the next verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I'll ask you, dads. I'll ask parents in general. Can your children see the love you have for the Lord? You see, (laughs) they know if it's real or not. Understand, they know who you love and what you love. And sometimes we parents get that twisted, don't we? We should love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and body. But sometimes we twist it and we love things, our jobs, our hobbies, more than we love the Lord. But according to Moses here, we're to love the Lord our God. And how are our children going to develop a love for the Lord if we don't have a love for the Lord? Amen? It's a fact. That's a fact. I said it earlier. If we don't teach our children to love the Lord and to know the Lord personally, By the way, you can't know him personally if you don't love him. But if we can't do those things, then you know what we're going to raise? A generation of infidels. Uh Uh-oh, you said it, I know. But truth is the truth. You know why the millennials now find that church ain't important? Because mama and daddy neglected their duty. And I'll throw this in. So did the church. Now don't get me wrong, it's not all our full responsibility. But while we have them here for Sunday school and for preaching and for outreach and for things like that, it's our responsibility to teach them. It's hard to share the love of Christ someone else if you haven't experienced it yourself. Notice, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. The word diligent means what? Okay, but busy. Absolutely. You're busy about teaching them. You're staying on it. It's constant. You teach them constantly. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Now, the Pharisees in that day took this passage out of context. You see, the Pharisees in that day would take 
leather and they would make a box. And they would put leather straps to that box and then they would write certain laws and fold it up and put that either on their arm or on their head. You ever seen those orthodox? Okay. But, you know, even though it was to be a reminder, I'm sure the Lord thought, well, they mean well. But no. You see, the Word of God is supposed to be written upon our hearts. And we're supposed to be so engulfed in the Word of God that we don't have to be reminded. We know it. We know it. And the only way you're going to know it is to get into it. And the only way we're going to teach our kids to love the Word of God is to be an example to them and show them that you have a certain time you set aside to teach them the Word of God and that you spend time in the Word. And we've got to be able to practice what we teach. Amen? But we've got to show them. I want to read one other scripture. So that's how you train up a child. And when he gets old, he'll not depart from it. Now, now listen to me. <laughs> it doesn't say he'll never depart. I've known lots of believers got saved, served the, long, the Lord for a period of time, got hurt some form or fashion, and they drifted away. But listen to me. Because they had the foundation of the Word of God, they had that foundation in Christ, guess what? The Lord brought them back. Sometimes through chastisement and judgment, but He brought them back. Amen? But let me see. Psalms 51. Our kids are different. They're bent in a different way. Again, they have different personalities. Some are intelligent. Oh, that wasn't me, but some are intelligent. You don't have to agree, Brother Ed. Some find it hard, school-wise. Some can put things together just like that. Others can't do that, but they're better at other things. Maybe they're good at drawing pictures or artists and things. Again, we're all bent different, but one thing every child has in common in fact, the whole human race has in common is we're all sinners. Amen? Look at what David said, verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, as innocent and as pretty as that little baby looks laying there, don't be fooled, that child is a sinner. And that child is going to grow up 
And he's going to learn to lie and cheat and still, if, if we as parents don't set the right example and teach them the Word of God. And just because you do teach them the Word of God and teach them to know Christ as their Savior, that doesn't mean that they still ain't going to sin and they still might do those things. I've known some godly parents and I've wondered about their children. Children been in trouble a lot. I told you about a deacon I had. Great guy, loved the Lord. His grandson murdered his wife. Going down the highway, kicked, got in an argument with her and kicked her out the vehicle. And the first thing he said to me, not Brother Virgil, the deacon, but his grandson whom he raised was, Preacher, I'm innocent. <laughs> I don't think so. According to what the law told me, there's a car right behind you. Saw you do it. Oh, I'm innocent. Here is a man and his wife that served the Lord for many years faithfully, lived a godly life, an exemplary life, and yet grandson murdered his wife. You say, well, that's an exception. No. Have you ever read your Bibles? Have you ever read about Cain and Abel? Hey, they both learned how to serve God. They come from godly parents, even though Adam and Eve disobeyed God, but they were still, they were taught to serve the Lord. And one did that, but the other one was a murderer. So you can't say, oh no, that's just an exception. No. But my point is this. We're all sinners. And the sooner we teach our children that because we're sinners, we're separated from God, and that the only way to be reconciled back to God is to trust Jesus Christ, His sacrifice as atonement for our sins by simple childlike faith and trust. But we have to teach them that they're sinners. I can guarantee you one thing, and I'm going to shut up. No one, absolutely no one can be saved without recognizing that they're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were, just as the psalmist said, in my mother's womb, I was conceived in sin and iniquity. She said, but that's a pretty little baby. Absolutely, but still a sinner in need of the Savior. Now I'll close with this. Hey, I did pretty good. Dad, Mom, what kind of Christian do your children think you are? Think about that for a second. You want to come up to your children or your grandchildren and say, what kind of Christian do you think I am? Would you stand there 
in pride saying, praise the Lord, they think I'm pretty good? Or would you say, hmm, there's some work I need to do. I'm not all that I have claimed to be. And let me say this too. I know I said I was going to shut up. (laughs) Folks, as parents, us dads especially, we make mistakes in our parenting. Any dad here not made one, I want you to tell me what the secret is. I can guarantee you I have made mistakes as a father to my kids. Now, I tried to learn from those mistakes. But I've made mistakes. But here's the good news. God loves us. He's willing to forgive us. And he's willing to say, let's go. Get back on board. We're going to make mistakes. I wonder, Dad, even Mom for that matter, do you owe your child an apology? For the way you raised him? For the way maybe you weren't there when you should have been? You weren't the right example, should have been. Hey, God is a God of reconciliation. You feel you owe your kid an apology, apologize to them. And then go on. Don't dwell on it. Again, I'm thankful our God will forgive us when we make mistakes. So if you're under the sound of my voice, you can't be the proper parent God wants you to be unless you know Jesus as your personal Savior. Amen? If you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior, that's the first thing you need to do. And then after you get saved, be an example, get in God's Word and grow and teach them this book is God's Holy Word. And show them this is what we base this home on. This is what this home lives by. And don't ever be ashamed of it. There are those out there that want to goad us into feeling ashamed that we serve God. I'm sorry, I'm never going to be ashamed of my Lord and Savior. I'm never going to be ashamed of His church. Ain't going to happen. And yeah, I hope you ask me why I carry a Bible. I feel sorry for you because you're going to get an answer. Because Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And I'm not ashamed of Christ. How about you? So, dads, we thank God for you. We're very thankful. God has placed us in your lives. And yes, you have helped mold and make us. Be reminded, it can't be made into your image. We must be made in the image of God. Amen.